Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number one. Brought to you by our good friends at New Trail Brewing Company. They brew their beer right here in central Pennsylvania and deliver fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. Your biggest dilemma is which of the many options to select. That's why I recommend the Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trails Hoppy Pack, it's an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers. It's sure to please everybody at your tailgate, campfire, or wherever you gather to enjoy a couple beers. All right. This is Jim Galante, and I am with Dustin Hawkinsmith. That's right, Andrew P. Shea is off for one more week. Dustin, or do you think he just doesn't like us anymore? I think he realizes that he got Wally pipped in this situation, <laughs> and it's exactly what it is. He he's uh, he's uh, Wally. He's he's Lou Gehrig. Wait, I have it backwards. But either way. <laughs> He's the better of the two of us. It's the uh, it's the reverse Wally Pip situation. That's I'm what I glad meant. You, you at least mentioned Lou Gehrig's name too. If you just mentioned Wally Pip, how many people do you think will understand the reference, Dusty? I am not sure, but as I was working my way through it, I felt like when George uh, George W. Bush did the whole uh, "fool me once, shame on you; fool me twice, <laughs> I, I, I won't get fooled again." I felt, that's how I felt. <laughs> Actually, that was very good. Uh, well done. All right, let's move on. Let's talk some Penn State football. Uh, Dusty, let's start with the news. College football rankings have come out this week. And by the way, Andrew P. will definitely be back next week. But anyway, the college football rankings have come out this week. Penn State ended up 15th. I find myself saying this pretty much every week when the rankings come out. That seems about right. Yeah, I think um, once Penn State kind of got into the polls, um, I, I feel like they – I don't think there's been a, a huge discrepancy on, on where they are. Now, 15th, I, I think it does show a pretty favorable position when it comes to jockeying for primo bowl games late, later down the road. And – you know, with the, with the playoff committee having a high viewpoint of them and bowl committees really, really liking Penn State because of the way the fans travel and because of the number of people that watch them, you know, they're in a pretty good position to still land in a good bowl game, whether that's a New Year's Six game or not. It's kind of 50-50, but this just backed up, I think, the fact that uh, Penn State still has uh, probably, you know, especially if they win out here, uh, will land in a pretty darn good bowl game. And we will address this whole 10 and 2 thing but but if they go 10 and 2 win out the rest of the way the feeling is Ohio State and Michigan one of them will win one of them will lose that matchup breaking news there you'll have a winner and a loser huge, Dusty. huge news the anticipation is whoever wins that game will win the Big 10 conference championship game go to the playoffs and the team that lost the game with the one loss would probably go to the Rose Bowl. And with two losses, just by attrition, Penn State will probably work its way up to maybe a top 10 finish, which would probably be good enough. The thinking right now, or a lot of the projections are, the Orange Bowl. 
And again, we'll talk in uh, quarter number two about what that means. Uh, let's move on. The next item, and this is a constant with the news, Dusty. This week, James Franklin had his regular meeting with the media, and the questions came up again. It's Sean Clifford versus Drew Aller. And not to ask you about what, what, which way would you go with it, but it's obvious the media's question, I believe, are a reflection of how the fans feel and the feedback they're getting from the fans. And it ends up with multiple questions, and they never get a good answer. My take is, why doesn't James Franklin just become a little more straightforward in his answer? Well, yeah, because then he becomes, you know, aggrieved in that situation. It's like, I don't know why you guys are asking me all these questions. Well, we have to phrase it in different ways so you actually can say something of substance on this. And I understand, like, where he's coming from, and and I understand the, you know, the now versus the future and all the stuff that he talked about. The only thing that really jumped out to me um, from from those several answers was the fact that he kind of said that conversations have happened behind the scenes. And it doesn't suggest to me that, you know, a big change should be expected against Indiana. I mean, he, he said in a perfect world, you can still go with the quarterback that gives you the best shot of winning that particular week of going one and zero, as he likes to say, and still cons- and still think about the future. Now, what that means is, Hopefully we play enough teams where they're crappy enough that we can get both of these guys in. Then we don't have to really worry about it so much. I wouldn't expect uh, a a sudden change from Sean Clifford to Drew Aller yet. Um, And, you know, I I do think that uh, media people should be the voice of fans. And this is the number one topic among fans. It's been the number one topic among fans. And it's going to get a new lifespan when you – you know, throw three interceptions and, and fumble it away once and you you lose a fourth quarter lead to Ohio State, you lose for the second time. Most of your major goals are kind of out the window at this point. It does make sense to address it now. Uh, I'm not expecting a big change yet. But again, uh, like we talked about, I think earlier this week or last week, the math starts to change as the win-loss record changes and the incentive structure changes when the future becomes uh, a little bit more important because some of your goals are gone. I think what James Franklin would love to happen is that Penn State has a 30-point lead in the third quarter or something against Indiana, and Drew Aller can come and finish the game and get some meaningful reps there. I wouldn't expect a change in starter now, and I still don't expect a change in starter for any of the next four games. I, I don't either, and this is where James Franklin has not asked me for my assistance on this, but I'm going to offer it up anyway, Dusty. How about just saying, we want to win these games. We want to win every week. We're now what is it, six and two. We want to finish the season ten and two. I think Sean Clifford gives us the best chance to do that. That's why he's starting. Every game For- matters. Just tell me every game matters, and we still are of the belief that our six-year senior gives us the best shot at winning. That hasn't changed just because some results haven't gone our way. You know, and I, I who can argue with that? It, it, exactly. And the other part to it, it again. Uh, one of the members of the media asking a little different twist, seeing if they'll see Drew Aller playing also. He got the, well, we've been doing that. No, James, no, you haven't. Right. 
and no, you're not kidding anybody. We watch the games. We may not know all the technical X's and O's, but we do know when number 15 comes into the game and when he does not. We do recognize that. And, you know, it's kind of a crappy first sentence to a response because he was asked about a two-quarterback system. And he basically said, we've been doing that, so I don't really get the question. (laughs) This has not been a two-quarterback system. You know, a two-quarterback system is fairly equitable. A two-quarterback system doesn't mean the second quarterback only gets in the game when quarterback number one is hurt or when the game is out of hand. That's not a two-quarterback system. A two-quarterback system is that both of these guys – get kind of equal opportunities to play. And clearly that has not been the case, especially over the last, what, three, four weeks. And in comparison to some of the other positions, we were talking about this, the Minnesota game, when Abdul Carter got the start. And of course, when asked about it, no, it's not that he's the starter. This was situational because it was Minnesota. Well, the case was now... If we look at the number of snaps, Dustin, in the Ohio State game, Abdul Carter took more than twice as many snaps as Jonathan Sutherland did. The change is happening there, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I think I see the incentive for a coach, especially when you have a guy who's been around for six years like Jonathan Sutherland. Uh, I think I see the incentive of not making it a story, of trying to downplay, downplay, downplay until it's in, until it's undeniable. So yeah, the, when it first, when the shift first started happening uh, against Minnesota, we talked about it last week. I'm not sure, you know, maybe it was just because Minnesota was a run first team or run heavy team, but I, I think that what we saw is Abdul Carter. It was it was sort of an audition, and if it went horribly, then you go right back, right? But it went extremely well, so now that's when the shift begins. I think that was a clear possibility uh, to begin with. But, you know, to minimize the storyline of it is something that James Franklin just loves to do. He, he adores the opportunity of making people ask the question about it and then shooting down the question as if it's stupid and then doing the thing that he denied. And, I, you know, I'm not going to place this is exactly the way a question should be asked, but I do wonder... What makes that quarterback position so special, so unique, that you can't play more than one player, that you can't do something situationally? And you can also, they talk about at right tackle, Caden Wallace is the starter, but Bryce Effner has earned the right to play also. Could you just substitute quarterback for that and say, you know what, Drew Allers earned the right to play some? I, you know, I, I don't know, but as, um, that was my, well, go ahead, Dusty. I, I think that's true at right tackle, but the difference at quarterback is that Sean Clifford is James Franklin's special little boy. And there's no, there's not going to be any upsetting the apple cart when it comes to Sean's feelings. Um, you know, I think that was true. Look back at 2020 where he was quote unquote benched for Will Levis. Will Levis was not getting a fair shake at permanently unseating, uh, Sean Clifford. That was not happening. It didn't happen. Sean Clifford was right back in there. It was a little bit of a wake-up call. That's the closest thing we've seen to shaken confidence in Sean Clifford. It's going to take just a heck of a lot more than even a four-turnover day against Ohio State because there's still too much good from him in that game to really um, set things off. I just don't think that James Franklin, if it hasn't happened by now, 
for Sean Clifford to kind of get the hook or for Sean Clifford to fall into a 50-50 timeshare. Uh, it's just never going to happen. And it would really help, I think, if Drew Aller were a mobile quarterback that brought something different to the table. We had this conversation early in the year. If, they, if their skill sets you know, on the surface didn't overlap so much, I think we would see something more of a two-quarterback system. And the other part to this is I wonder what James Franklin is more concerned about. Drew Aller coming in for a few series and struggling or Drew Aller coming in for a few series and excelling? Uh, equal concern. I, I think that there's been four years of investment in Sean Clifford being the guy. Uh, I, I think James Franklin, I don't think he'd necessarily love having to kind of tuck his tail between his legs and get off that position. I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there on that one, Dustin. All right, that is it for quarter number one. I alluded to it earlier in quarter number two. Dustin, I want to ask you just what does 10 and 2 mean for everybody involved? We'll talk about that in segment number two. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin is sitting in for Andrew P. Shea this week. Quarter number two is brought to you by GoPSURV.com. Still a couple home games left. A couple decent games with Maryland and Michigan State. GoPSURV.com provides the best way to spend the weekend in Happy Valley. 
It's just an entire weekend of tailgating. You show up in your own car, and the RV is there ready and waiting for you. You get the nice ride to and from the game, so you don't have to worry about parking. They have the big pavilion, projector TV, uh, fire pits, all the fun stuff. Fun way to spend the weekend, and even better... If you call Mark at 800-519-8467 and you tell him you want the KSN RV Special, you will get $500 off. Makes a good deal a great deal. Or actually makes a great deal an elite deal, Dusty. I love that play on on a common theme around here, great to elite. Finally, you can see something attached to the Penn State program, the Penn State viewing experience, and say they've made the jump. From great to elite. <laughs> exactly. Plus, we just love to say it. All right, Dusty. We talked about uh, great to elite. Let's talk about this year's Penn State team, currently sitting at 6-2. and two. The big conversation is they're going to be favored in each game here on out. That doesn't mean odds are that they'll go 4-0 the rest of the way, but that's the hope that they will finish 10-2. and two. But... My question is, what exactly does that mean for all the different stakeholders? And there's a lot of different stakeholders here. For the team itself, still something out there for them to play for, isn't it? I think so. I mean, there there's just a big difference between nine and three and ten and two. Big difference between obviously eight and four and ten and two. I think hitting that double digit win plateau especially at this point in time, it's still significant. Like I, I, I get that, um, you know, you're hoping for more and that's the, that's where there's a little bit of a conflict here is that I still am of the belief that, you know, 10 wins in a regular season is just never something you should take for granted because uh, it's hard to do uh, it just in general. And, you know, to be in a position where you can be disappointed by 10 and two is a, is when it comes down to it, a privileged position. However, you know, everybody's been waiting for the next step to happen, right? Since 2016. And nobody feels like Penn State is closer to that mark than, you know, that nobody feels like they're closer today than they were in 2017, put it that way. And, you know, when when the, the record, uh, James Franklin's record against ranked teams, James Franklin's record against Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, I don't know the numbers offhand, um, but when those, when those records continue to get worse and not better, that's when you're in this spot where like, yeah, you won 10 games. You were supposed to win. You got beat up by two teams that, that you hope to contend with. We're not closer, right? Like we're, we're not making our way from great to elite on that spectrum. I, you know, we could even debate whether we're at, we're at the great point of the spectrum now. So that's where a lot of Penn state fans are. That, yeah, 10 and 2, you know, for the most part is great, especially when you have four and five and seven and six over the past two years. 10 and 2 does mark a big step in the right direction, but it's still not closer to where you ultimately want to be, which is how I think everybody's viewing this team and this program. Are we getting closer to Ohio State and Michigan or are we not? And when you lose to both of those teams, the question, the answer obviously is we're not getting closer. Well, one of the things, and I'm getting a little off topic, but you brought it up about James Franklin's record against those top 10, top five teams. It's, I think that's a little bit of an unfair statistic. It's like, and what's the record against Ohio State? Go look at the Southeast Conference. What's everybody's record against Alabama? Yeah. Give me, you know, Auburn, LSU, 
Mississippi State, Ole Miss. What's their record against Alabama? And Ohio State is the Big Ten version of Alabama. So I'm, I'm not sure about that one. But getting back on track, let's talk about the fan base, who are stockholders in this also, Dustin. A little bit, I think, it's the way they lost. And it's funny because the way they lost to Michigan was they got blown out. The way they lost to Ohio State is they had the lead, looked like they had the opportunity to win, and that got pulled out from under them. It feels like the way they lost those two games has affected the way the fan base looks at this. Yeah, especially, you know, the any blowout loss, but especially when uh, the score... I mean, it honestly felt like it could have been worse at that. Like Michigan really thoroughly dominated that game. And I know James Franklin talked after that game about the need and the difficulty of building a roster that's capable of, of being spread out and playing and, and covering all the athletes that Ohio State has versus being able to play inside and hold up at the line of scrimmage against Michigan. It's hard to build a roster that can be really, really good in both of those situations. Uh, they're much closer. They're much better in the situation where Ohio State kind of wants to play how Penn State wants to play. And you've seen that series uh, be close. Obviously, Penn State has had more success in terms of wins against Michigan. But um, but I think ultimately, you know, a, a team you, you just you just don't expect your team to get blown out by anybody. Uh, I think the getting blown out by Michigan is much more problematic than having a what one and nine one and eight record one and whatever it is against Ohio State that's troublesome uh, especially when you know I, I don't I still don't think you should be in position to win in the fourth quarter four or five times and go oh and four or oh and five in those games where you're in position to win you know that's a whole separate issue but I think when you're looking at Penn State you know going 10 and two but feeling like you're losing ground to Michigan as well as Ohio State I think that's the frustration. You know, you've seen Michigan make the college football playoff last year. You see Michigan blowing you out this year. That's where it feels like you're further away. Like there's no shame in, in being one and eight against Ohio State, being the second best team in the Big Ten and contending for um, a college football playoff berth still. There is, you know, a difference whenever you're clearly third best in the Big Ten. And that appears to be the case right now. Okay, I'm looking for your advice here. I'm a Penn State fan, Dusty. Our listeners are Penn State fans. Just how invested should we be on this getting a 10-2 and two team? How happy should I be if it happens? Well, I think you should be happy at least in the sense of if you go 10-2, and two, you're third best in the Big Ten, you have a top 10 ranking, you, then you get... Uh, you know, more of a premier bowl game. And then you get the opportunity in a bowl game to beat a good team, right? And if you take advantage of that opportunity and you're 11 and two and you beat, let's say the number 13 team in the country or something in, in a bowl game. Now I think the feeling is a little bit different in the off season, is it not? I mean, it's not about 10 wins so much as closing it with a, with a win over a ranked team, which they do not have so far this season. Um, you know, and what you saw uh, when Trace McSorley took over uh, for Christian Hackenberg in a bowl game, there can be some elements there of building for the future and getting a bunch of good reps and stuff for, for younger guys. I do feel like from top to bottom, the roster was going to be in better shape in 2023 than 2022. And it's kind of like, you know, when you have 11 combined wins in the previous two seasons, and let's say you win 11 games this season, 
uh, and it's kind of a bridge year. I think there's there's something to be excited about for the future, especially you know when it really really looks like you have the answer at quarterback. Now you can you can talk about we did earlier uh, having the answer get more playing time to become a better answer next year, but they, we haven't really seen that much. But when you if you finish eleven and two with a win over a good team in a bowl game, and you got Drew Aller coming back to take over the starting job, I think that's a pretty good starting point for two thousand twenty three. All right, let's talk about James Franklin. He's coming off a combined five hundred record over the last two seasons. And I believe everyone was willing to just throw away the COVID season from two years ago. They started out last year 5-0, and went all the way up to, what, number four or five in the country when they were headed to Iowa. And that was James Franklin, again, at his peak of popularity, his national reputation. Remember being courted by USC, it appeared to be the case anyway. The way last season finished, all of a sudden, well, you're not so forgiving of the COVID year. You've now got two straight 500 seasons. To me, a 10-win season for James Franklin is, he's going to look at it, I believe, as vindication. And it's also probably why he's going to stubbornly say with his six-year senior, thinking he gives him the best shot to get to 10 wins. How is everybody else going to think about him? Is that has he recovered his mojo if he could win 10 games this year? Well, I mean, there's more to recovering his mojo than winning 10 games. And I mean, a lot of that, uh, you know, beat the teams that you that you're not supposed to beat. Just just once, you know, beat beat a team you're not supposed to beat just once, and I think that is more important than anything. You know, I think he's lost some stock with people because of the way that he's just stuck with Sean Clipper without question at all over this, over this run. And you're right that if he, if they win 10 games and Sean Clifford leaves as the leading passer in school history, most touchdown, whatever records he ends up leaving with because he started more times than anybody else in Penn state history, James Franklin is going to look at that as vindication. He is going to give one of those stupid uh, pauses, you know, next time uh, he, he has a press conference about where Penn State is as, as a program. You know, ultimately, I think you wanted to see reason to believe that you um, are can be improved at quarterback, that you can be improved along the offensive line. Uh, I think the fact that the defense is really, really good on a national level under a new coordinator is, is another point of optimism. There's a bunch of wins in terms of development on, on the depth chart. Olu Fushanu, who we, we talked about briefly, could be a top, what, 10, top five NFL pick if, if all goes well. Uh, Abdul Carter is a developmental win. Parker Washington's a developmental win. Katron Allen, uh, Brenton Strange. There's a lot of developmental victories that Penn State has had uh, under James Franklin, just bringing it all together. And I think a lot of that problem has been they just haven't had a good enough quarterback, right? Like, I think any Penn State fan would say that. James Franklin it refuses to say it, which kind of irritates people to some point. Over the last four years, Sean Clifford has not been the guy to lift this team into the college football playoff conversation. I mean, I think it's it can be said without hesitation now. And so I think once you close that Ch- Sean Clifford chapter and move on to Drew Aller, I think there might be hope that maybe he is the guy who can. And you also have to remember he chose Sean Clifford over Will Levin a guy that's being talked about as a first-round draft pick and maybe even a very high first-round draft pick. And wouldn't it be ironic, that's the guy who you chose Sean Clifford over, 
And then if Drew Aller is everything we think he can be, you're going to have another top draft pick there following him. That's it, Dustin, for quarter number two. Stick around, quarter number three. We're going to ask Dustin. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with Dustin Hockensmith, sitting in for Andrew P. Shea today. And it's quarter number three. That means it's time we take your questions, and today we're going to ask Dustin. We will take your questions that you submit. If you want to ask a question, all you got to do is download our app, Keystone Sports, from your app store, You'll see the Ask T. Frank button. You'll see the Ask Andy button. Today, though, we have Dusty sitting in for um, Andy. And at the end of the segment, Dustin will pick out a best question, and you will get the KSN polo. A lot of responsibility, Dustin. Are you up for it? I think I am, even though I am buttonless. I think I'm ready for for this. Um, Stakes are high. I know it, and I'm going to respect that. Let's start with Mike in Clark Summit. He says, I don't get it. Was that a crushing loss? Yes. But the game plan and players, for the most part, were great. We could have won that game, but their number 44 and number 18 just made more plays than our best players uh, did. This was supposed to be an eight-and-a-half win team, and people are calling for Franklin's head and starting Aller. 
Franklin's an incredible CEO that is trying to change to improve. Note he even brought in Wizenhunt to help him with game day calls. Clifford gives us the best chance to win to get to a New Year's Six Bowl. Do I think we should schedule competitive series for Aller? Yes, but throwing him out there when he's not ready can give him the yips and ruin him. Think back to Hackenberg. Am I crazy for being both disappointed in a loss or two and still happy with a better-than-expected season and trying to be supportive of the team, players, and leadership? Mike has both sides covered. He does, and that's uh, that's just way too measured of a question to get started with. I wanted to hear <laughs> why was Sean Clifford not benched after Purdue. I want to hear that kind of question. But I think a lot of the things that Mike is saying are things that I happen to agree with, especially, you know, before the season, projecting what you think wins and losses are and how this is more or less a best case scenario, right? In terms of this flat out black and white win loss record, looking at the schedule on paper, um, this is pretty close to a best case scenario, six and two through this stretch. That means you beat, uh, you beat. Uh, Purdue, you beat Auburn, you survived some of those games. Uh, You lost to Michigan and Ohio State. But there's a very different feeling when it's playing out before your very eyes. And I think that is something that, you know, uh, Penn State fans would have loved to be six and two at this point before the season. And then six and two happens, and you see a pattern of getting roughed up at the line of scrimmage by Michigan. You see a pattern of, you know, going into the fourth quarter with a lead against Ohio state and letting it slip away. Uh, And I think that just is kind of the frustration, but uh, I think Mike's assessment of the Ohio state game is something that I also very much agree with. I think Penn state put itself in position to win. Uh, The defense played very well in the red zone. Uh, The offense overcame a sluggish start, overcame some early turnovers and they battled and hung in there. But in the end, I mean, I think some of the plays that Ohio State got were just plays that no other team in the Big Ten could have made, you know, especially their defensive end and Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, I think there's no shame in that loss uh, against Ohio State. And I think there's also no shame in going six and two and, and in all likelihood exceeding those eight and a half wins. So, Mike, to answer your question, which I wasn't sure there was going to be a question at the end of that rainbow, uh, you're not crazy. You know, I think I think that's a very measured way to look at it. But in college football, fandom is not a very measured thing. So you're not hearing from a lot of measured people. People like Mike are generally not the ones who are on message boards asking for Sean Clifford to retire. All right. You didn't want measured. I'm going <laughs> to grant you your wish, Dustin. I love it. And this is this is our combo question where you get two questions with the same tone. First, Steve from Columbia. Three interceptions. One fumble. Keep Sean Clifford in as our starter as we have a better chance to win with him. Really? The Riz from New York City says, Now that our season is officially over after the Ohio State loss, do you still believe Clifford is our best option at quarterback? If so, maybe they should start me at quarterback. I could throw three or more interceptions in a game as well. There you go, Dusty. Yeah. Well, there we, I, I, I like it. I like, I like the balance yeah. of it. And honestly, like I get the frustration I know. And you know what I'm going to say next probably sounds like some excuse making, but I thought Sean Clifford was pretty good in that game for the most part. I also thought, you know, 
the uh, the odds of throwing to the flat and having the defensive end not just pass the bat the pass down, but to intercept it uh, and run it back for six. Uh, that was a a back breaking play, and Sean Clifford, of course, deserves blame there. But that was a freakish play by Ohio State's defensive end that I don't think many people on this planet could have made. And then similarly, the other interception that he made, uh, for the, the first one was a, a pass that was batted down, flew through the air, and was intercepted by a defensive end. Like, yeah, that happened. Sean Clifford was credited for it. Maybe he could have adjusted his passing window or something to avoid the pass getting batted down. But Ohio State, you know, we talked about this earlier this week. Um, Penn State was doing some good things with those quick throws out to the outside. And then they were doing some good things where you're faking the throw to the outside. However, that was pretty well known by, by Ohio State's defensive end, who are coached by Larry Johnson Sr., uh, that those things were coming and they were ready for him. So it's like the game plan was pretty good, but it also put Sean Clifford in position to fail in these respects. So, yeah, I get it. Four, four turnovers is four turnovers. You can't afford to do that. You can't afford to set up Ohio State with, with field position inside uh, your 40-yard line, what, four times in this game. You're not going to win that way. But I think for the most part, Sean Clifford's pretty decent. I also just think, you know, you put Drew Aller out there. What are the odds that Drew Aller can go out there for drive after drive after drive and move the ball with consistency, not turn the ball over? I know he's looked great in small doses, but, you know, the odds of going out there and looking great over the course of a full 60 minutes are just not that great against a team like Ohio State. So, yeah, I do happen to believe uh, believe James Franklin and agree with him that Sean Clifford still is the best option at quarterback, mainly because, you know, the grass is always greener kind of thing. I, I believe in Drew Aller's talent all the way, but I just don't believe he was ready to play four full quarters against that defense. Let's move on. Let's change the subject a little bit. Here's how from Wayne PA. He says, is the difference from great to elite simply bringing in more talent like Ohio State does? Well, I think I mean I think that's definitely part of the formula. I think what they did in 2022, that recruiting class, what they're doing so far in 2023, the commitment to playing these young guys who are very very talented early means that come next year they're going to be in much better position to realize their their potential. Um, I think getting a better, more talented quarterback under center, uh, improving the overall roster talent, which is happening right now. And then just, you know, you're, you're in position when you have that level of talent to a beat all the teams you're supposed to beat, which that's what Penn state's trying to finish off this year. B put yourself in position to beat Ohio state and C try to put yourself in position to beat Michigan and, and really get to the next step. So I think the difference between great and elite is one, Penn State allowed its overall roster talent to slip. They didn't recruit all the great that great in 2020 or 2021. The pandemic kind of crushed what they were doing. The 2020 season was terrible. 2021 recruiting class was not good. So now they're back to where they were before in terms of recruiting. Now I think you have reason to believe at quarterback. And when you are getting your overall roster talent back up, you're playing all your young guys, and you've got a five-star quarterback under center, that's part of the formula for, for making the leap to the next level. And I think the 23 roster from top to bottom is going to be good enough to, to take a step forward. We shall see. All right, let's go to Ed in Bethlehem. Oh, he kind of uh, makes reference to something we talked about earlier, Dusty. How is James Franklin perceived nationally among other coaches? You know, I think 
this past uh, year is where the viewpoint on him started to sour just a little bit. I think he was given a pass on a national level for the four and five pandemic season because other programs had really struggled with that, including Michigan. So he was given a pass for that. But last season, things really unraveled. You lost to Illinois. I get it. You went through you know, a rash of injuries, and Sean Clifford went down. You were gutted in the middle of your defense. But you are what your record says you are, especially when it's a two-year stretch. So I think his, his favorability went down. You know, I, I know they do preseason coach rankings where I think he slid into the teens maybe. Uh, so I think that viewpoint has soured a bit. If you go 11 and two and you beat a good team in a bowl game, that viewpoint starts to improve some. Uh, so I think it's good. It, it briefly went downhill, but I think overall there's a sense of belief on a national level about what James Franklin can do. There is. And you look at other coaches. Remember just a couple years ago, Tom Allen in Indiana, he had a great national reputation. Remember uh, PJ Fleck had the great national reputation for a while. How about a year ago, this coach at Michigan State, Mel Tucker? Yeah, things can change a lot. James Franklin's been pretty steadfast in how he's been perceived. Like, you see a lot of flavor of the day types, uh, but Franklin continues to hang around. And usually the the people who believe in their head coach the least are the ones that love their program the most. And also remember Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh. Prior Nailed to it. last year, he, he Michigan fans weren't too happy with him, were they? They they were not, and I think you know obviously the the James Franklin sticking point on a national level is that record against uh, top ten teams, which I believe is two and fifteen. Uh, that's going to keep coming up again and again and again because now the viewpoint is going to be like, yes, Penn State took a step, they they won double digit games if that's what they do, uh, but can he get? Can he beat Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day? That's that's the ongoing question. So I think that's still going to hold him back. But I think you're still going to look at James Franklin as being one of the top, what, 12 coaches in America. Uh, let's sneak one last one in because I've wanted to know this question also. Clifford from Vestal, New York says, why does Penn State uh, set the, send their kickoffs to one side of the field? I've been worried all season about the ball going out of bounds. I believe the answer is to have our coverage converge in one area. However, I'd say just kick it down the middle and deep into the end zone. What are your thoughts? I think tactically you want to try to limit how much of the field is available to the kickoff guy. You want you to you want your kickoff coverage team to dictate where that ball is going. It's going to eliminate one half of the field, and it, there comes with, it comes with some risk. You just hope that your kickoff guy is good enough. And I think this year Penn State Penn State's kickoff guy hasn't been good enough. And I'll tell you what, though, now with the ball coming out to the 25, teams do just take that. The only time you're going to get in trouble is when it gets kicked out of bounds. I'm with Clifford on this one. Just kick it right down the middle. All right, that's it for quarter number three. Stick around. In quarter number four, Dustin's going to announce our winner. Stay tuned. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K-Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania. And delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante, along with Dustin Hawkinsmith, sitting in for Andrew P. Shea. All right, Dustin, the pressure is on. We need a winner from our Q3 Ask Dustin segment. Who's our winner? Question number one, right out of the gates. Mike asking if he's crazy for not feeling like he wants to take out the blowtorch to the Penn State football program right now. Uh, talking about preseason expectations versus regular season realities and how the regular season realities really aren't that bad. Uh, the loss to Ohio State, I know, fits into bigger trend of frustration, but on the surface, just what that what that loss was to Ohio State really wasn't a terrible loss. So I, I thought, Mike, the, the way that he is looking at this team with uh, with a degree of perspective, I think is something that there's, there are some fans out there that can learn from that. Very good, Mike from Clark Summit. I'll be getting a hold of you, and you get the KSN polo. All right, time for Indiana preview, Dustin. But before we do, I just, with the measured response from Mike, I just wanted to bring up one last thing. This was a conversation T. Frank and I had off the air the other day, which was, boy, if you didn't enjoy that Penn State-Ohio State game, you don't like college football. It was a wonderful game with wonderful individual play. Uh, No, we don't like that the Ohio State defensive end had an incredible game. But if you want to look at the Penn State side, how about this guy named Parker Washington? Pretty special performance. And it was a wonderful game into the fourth quarter. I, you know, I much prefer that to my team getting blown out. It was an enjoyable day at the at the football stadium, okay? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think um, sometimes if you're going to fly close to the sun, you're going to get burned sometimes. And you'd much rather be on that flight 
uh, where, where you're in contention and, and you suffer the, the heartache is greater that way. The closer you get without winning, the harder it is to accept it. And I think ultimately that's a privilege to be in that spot. You saw some really good individual efforts. Parker Washington was outstanding. You got confirmation that the defense is pretty legit outside of trying to cover Marvin Harrison Jr., which, by the way, he's going to be a primetime NFL draft guy. So was the defensive end that killed you. So you got you saw some guys who they just weren't regular guys. And in the end, the fact that Ohio State had more guys who weren't regular guys than Penn State made a big difference in this game. It did. Now let's look ahead. I think Penn State's going to have more guys than Indiana's going to have guys. <laughs> But you still have this concern over the years. We've seen it where Penn State has lost a disappointing game and then they come up short the following week, Dustin. How aware of that are you? How aware do you think the team is of it? And what can they do about it? I I think, obviously, you know, James Franklin and this team are aware of it. Uh, But it's been an ongoing trend. Uh, Now, the difference is, you know, I think you've seen them lose games that were kind of soul crushing in the scope of the season. It's a little different when you play Ohio State tough and that's your second loss um, because the magnitude of it and and what it takes off the table is a little bit different than if it were your first loss. Um, But I still do think. Um, you invest a lot in that game. You invest a lot in this recent stretch that you just played a whiteout game and Michigan and Ohio state. Everybody was circling that game. And no matter what James Franklin says about only focus going one and O each week and all that uh, you can't disregard the other stuff, which there was a lot invested in that three game stretch. And now you're in a position where you've got an Indiana team. That's just not very good. You're going on the road. It's Bloomington. Uh, it's a 3:30 kick in, in Bloomington uh, against Indiana. I think there's going to be uh, a real threat of sluggishness, whether that's a, an emotional letdown, whether that's just like going from three games where your nerves and your emotions run really, really high to now going and just having to take care of business. I think there is a possibility here of a bit of a letdown. I don't think Penn State's in a position to lose this game by any means, but I think you could see Penn State not be their best like in the first half that's kind of what I'm expecting as a matter of fact and you also have a team in Penn State that has started slow offensively in each of those last three games Michigan Minnesota Ohio State all of them a slow start right yes and and I you know when you when you have that element of coming off an Ohio State game uh to now hitting the road for Indiana uh, the slow start can become magnified. And the one thing, like Tom Allen probably is coaching to some extent some of his final games at Indiana. You know, this was a team that was 2-10 and 10 last year. They're, they've lost five in a row now. But I think one of the things, one of his gifts as a coach is, is making sure his players know that it matters. And so this game's going to matter to them. Even though you expect them to pack it in and there's not a whole lot to play for and all that, I think Indiana's going to play with a bit of spirit because that's what they do uh, with, with under Tom Allen. You saw this this team uh, was, what was it? Was it tied at the half uh, against Michigan? It was a very close game at halftime against Michigan before they eventually took over. They've played um, some teams pretty tight. They, they've lost five in a row, but... Um, outside of losing at Nebraska, I don't think there was a lot of shame in those losses. They lost at Rutgers last week. They've got a quarterback situation there. You know, Tom Allen's not making a firm commitment to Connor Basilak. So, yeah, this is not a very talented team. It's, it's unique in the fact that it's one of the worst rushing teams in the country. You don't expect that from Indiana. So they are very, very limited. 
but I think they are going to play with some spirit. And I think they, they have enough to at least frustrate the Penn state offense for a little while. Let's talk about Sean Clifford going into this game, Dustin, because I'm of the belief that there's a lot of pressure on him this week. Those other games with Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio state, the emphasis was on winning the game. It was how would the team perform now? That's kind of over. They're supposed to beat this team handily. Everyone's going to be watching this performance by Sean Clifford. I don't think he can afford to go out and underperform in those first three possessions. I almost think he's better off that he's on the road this week than at home. That's probably true. And I, and I, I really emphasize with Sean Clifford because he's been swimming against a current of fandom that are it's been rooting against him really since the 2020 season right like I, I don't think he's gotten full-scale support from Penn State fans for much of his career as Penn State starter so now you have this situation where like yeah he's used to that but now it's like you know your, your coach went out there and and really talked about how you know, how much it makes sense to get Drew Aller in the games. And now you're kind of faced with like, it's legacy time. There's four regular season uh, games to go and maybe a bowl game. I think he might be feeling it a bit. And maybe it's in, maybe it's a, a positive and not a negative that he's kind of fueled by maybe having a little bit shorter of a leash now than he did before. Um, but like this, this is time for like, he, he's got to finish strong. And I think he's got to, he's kind of faced with that task of not allowing his tenure as Penn state's starting quarterback to get disrupted in these final few games. So yeah, start, start fast, but he's a guy like the more amped up he is, the, the worse he is at, at the, at the start of games. So you want him to be in that sweet spot of being motivated, but not feeling like he's, uh, pressing. So if, if you've got a quarterback in Sean Clifford who's pressing a bit, you got a quarterback who's overthrowing. You got a guy who's who's trying to do too much. So uh, that's the that's the risk I think is that the more he feels like he's got to be a hero, the the worse a quarterback he is. So you're Mike Yursich. What kind of game plan do you have? How do you script those first couple possessions? I think um, easy throws and run game. You know, let, let, let's let's get let's set a tone against Indiana that we're going to own the line of scrimmage and we're going to establish the run. I know that James Franklin talked at length about Tom Allen's desire to make Penn State one dimensional and dedicating extra resources to stopping the run and forcing Penn State to beat him through the air. I still think that if you're able to get push up front and able to establish, you know, Katron Allen and Nick Singleton, it's the best possible thing. And then create some easy throws for Sean Clifford. Um, you know, I'm not sure. You know, I, I think you can make a case like. Let's take some shots, but I think what Penn State's going to do is what they were successful doing against Ohio State, which is short passes. You got better athletes. Let's get them in space and let them do their thing. So I think that's what you're going to see from Sean Clifford is, you know, screens and short stuff and, and allow your playmakers to make plays. The one issue for establishing the run, though, and I guess it's even in uh, pocket protection, is Caden Wallace has been out. Landon Tengwall's been out. Oh, Fashanu left the game late against Ohio State. We don't know the status of these players, so we don't know what kind of offensive line we're going to see this week. So I think that's going to be part of the issue. I kind of like that short passing game, and I think, you know, Parker Washington could make a play for you. So can Mitchell Tinsley. So could the tight ends. So I'd like to see those playmakers get the ball in their hand. 
All right, Dustin, it's a 14-point spread. What do you expect to see? You got to give a prediction. You got to give me a bold prediction. What do you got? Yeah, so I've I've got it at 30 to 20 Penn State wins. Um, Indiana is not super explosive, obviously, on the offensive side. I think they're going to do some things to fluster uh, Penn State. They're going to they're you know, they're, they're going to get frustrated on the offensive side. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think Penn State's going to cover. I think it's going to be close to a tie game at, at the half. So I think uh, in terms of bold prediction, um, I think Drew Aller outpasses Sean Clifford in this game. How about we go for that one? Wow, that really that, is that, bold. That, <laughs> that kind of flies in the face of it not being a blowout, but I do think we're, we're going to see Drew Aller in this game, and I think it's going to be enough that, uh, that he gets a chance to, to make a few plays. You think we're going to see him in the first half while it's still a game? And it sounds like by your prediction it's going to be a game to the end. I think James Franklin's going to get back in this game to what he was doing earlier when even before the game was in doubt, getting Drew Aller on the field. You know, think about that. Like the the benefits for the future are not outweighed by whatever, you know, if Sean Clifford gives you a 70% chance to win in games, Drew Aller probably gives you about a 63% chance. So that, that percentage difference in the here and now doesn't outweigh playing for the future. I think Drew Aller plays earlier in this game uh, because everybody sees how limited the opportunities really are. And uh, I think I think he's going to play, and I think he's going to play pretty well. I'll tell you what I'm going to go with for my prediction, Dustin. I'm going 35-13. I think they will pull away, and this may not be the best way to make the prediction, but I listened to a couple of these Penn State players post-game against Ohio State, and there was a maturity level that I'm not sure I saw the last couple years. I think they understand. I think they understand what what has happened to them in the past, and they want to show what they can do. The other part to it is I think they found a little something on their offense the last couple weeks, something that they can go with and succeed with. My bold prediction is first possession, they march down the field and score a touchdown. May not be bold mostly, but the way they started slow, I'm going to take it as bold. All right, that's it for the show. Thanks, Dustin, for sitting in. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trails Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com 
for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. We specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814-206-0000.